Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Hello. Hey, Bryce. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How are you? I'm um, pretty good. Just cruising along here. There you go. You're not new to this, so. Yeah, buddy. I'm ready. You've been on a few. Yeah, I got you. I'm, I'm good to go here. I think we'll be a good time. I'm excited. <laughs> Why don't we start off with uh, a good story from the last month? Because you've had one heck of a month. A uh, good story from the last month. Let's go with uh, Top 5 UKC World. That's, that's why you're here. <laughs> that's right. So, why don't you break down that last cast that you were on? The last, the very last cast? Yep. Oh, man, let's see here. I drew out with Kurt Aaring and Whitey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we were the unfortunate souls who drew the short straws to go back out and go hunting. Yep. Uh, you know, we they ended up being top five instead of top six, and... They put five cards on a table, and three of them had a number one, and two of them had a number two. And, uh, you know, it had to be a unanimous decision between all the handlers to do it, to do this process, yeah. um, which was draw a card. And if you drew a number one, you got to buy into the finals. And if you drew a number two, you had to go out and hunt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think myself and Jeremiah Roller were probably the two quietest guys during this whole thing, because we were both kind of leery, a little skeptical. Yeah. Um, you know. I don't know what Jeremiah was thinking. Uh, I know what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, I, I'm terrible at gambling. I'm, actually, I'm absolutely horrible, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I lose every time. <laughs> so I, I looked at Trevor Wade, and I kind of just laughed. And I, I'm pretty sure I told him, I said, just go ahead and take somebody else to hunt. And I said, I'll be the one to go hunting. He said, why is that? I said, well, number one, I'm a, I'm a terrible gambler. I said, number two, I said, you see, my dog's name is No Gamble Jed. <laughs> I'm like, how much more of a sign could there be? Like, it's the writing on the wall. Yeah. Do not, this isn't going to work, you know? Yep. So, but, you know, I'd already been prepared to go hunt late around that night. Yeah. Um, you know, going into, we thought we were going to have to hunt heads up. Um, Jed had not let me down in the last month. That mm-hmm. dog was clicking. He was firing on all cylinders. Um, he and I hadn't been together very long. I'd only had known the dog for two and a half weeks, I think, at that point. Yeah. Uh, it, it, something, something was in the air. He and I were driving. We were a good team, and we were going. So, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that, knowing, already having and being in the mindset that I was going to have to hunt late anyways, um, you know, and knowing what UKC had going on behind the scenes, uh, I was like, all right, all right, let's go. Let's hunt late. Yeah. Um, if we have to. So I drew the card and, uh, you know, as fate would have it, I drew a number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kurt, Kurt, he drew a number two. And <laughs> by golly, it was so funny to watch his, watch his mood change because he was so pumped up about the card drawing, thinking he was going <laughs> to draw a number one. And when he drew a number two, boy, I thought it was, I was like, oh boy, here we go. You know, colorful Kurt's getting ready to come out. <laughs> uh, but, but, but we had a, we had a good cast, you know, and, and, you know, even speaking of, of the being bad at gambling, they got me and Kurt to the side afterwards and they said, all right, guys, uh, what type of hunting do you want to hunt? Big woods or patch woods? And I said big woods because I know how Jed hunts and Kurt goes patch woods. <laughs> and so we're, we're at another crossroads. And they're like, well, let's flip a coin for it. Uh, and I, Here we go. I'm, I'm going to lose this one too. Uh, sure enough, I lost the coin toss. So we yeah. went and hunted patch woods, which – you know, it actually ended up working out all right because uh, it wasn't patchwoods like I'm used to. I'm used to a little 
uh, you know, 10, 15 acre woods. This is a huge section. We never got out of it. Okay. Um, so it, it worked out good. But uh, we get out there, and uh, I, I'm i not going to be able to go through and tell you who struck for what and who drank for what, oh, like no, Tyler fine. did. <laughs> Man, I listened to his, his deal. He was really good at that. Uh, my memory's not that good. All I know is that we made eight trees. Uh, Jed, no, sorry. We made seven trees. Jed made four, Kurt made three, and uh, we found we were able to shine one tree of Kurt's. Uh, we were able to actually get a light in it, and he found his coon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of them were, it was just a super thick canopy. Uh, yep. the, the floor was great. We were able to walk, no problem. Um, but the canopy was just too thick. So I couldn't get a light in them. Uh, you know, the dog that treated the coon won the cast, and Kurt moved on, and, you know, I watched the final four from uh, from the couch on TV. That's kind of how it went. Yeah. No, I mean it, it's frustrating, especially like you said. You you and Jed were clicking and doing really well, and he made trees. He did his job, and it's just unfortunately that you couldn't find those coon. Yep. If you would have found every coon in every tree, I'm going to imagine seeing you had an extra tree, you probably would have won. Right. You know, and that, that's kind of how I looked at it too, and. uh, you know, I'll be honest, out of the four trees, only three of them that it was not confident, man. You know, he struck it, he ran the track like he should, he located and nailed it. Mm-hmm. One of them was a little iffy. It was right, it was the very last tree. That dog was tired. You know, yeah. he was worn out and he was, he was almost a mile in there. And mm-hmm. I think it was, I, I think it was just a come get me dad tree. <laughs> uh, yep. But I mean, it was, it was a legitimate den. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he, he did make three good ones though. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, we couldn't find him. Kurt found his tune and props to him. Yep. No, I mean, that's that's the frustrating thing, and it's kind of just the, the luck of it, you know, getting a coon that'll look and being able to find one, and especially with all those leaves. Right. You know, uh, I couldn't tell you how bad I was wishing it was January 1 in UKC so I yeah. could use, use a thermal. Yeah. Uh, man, I was, I was blowing the reeds out of that squalor. Uh, I just, we, we couldn't find them. Mm-hmm. It is what it is at that point. Nope, I understand. Out of curiosity, what squalor were you using? Uh, I was actually using a tier one. Uh, it's kind of funny, you know. Uh, I had I, I've been I've been using um, one of Shane Maxey's, the Banshee. Uh, that's been my squalor, my go-to squalor for a long, long, long time. Okay, uh, and. Tyler and I and Lane Denny, all three of us have kind of become uh, pretty good buddies mm-hmm. um, over over the last, you know, I wouldn't say years, but here recently we've become pretty good buddies. Yeah. Uh, so Tyler actually at Automotive, he, he came over and uh, he bought a few custom collars off of me at my booth uh, mm-hmm. that I had over there, and he kind of supported my little business I had going on. So I was like, you know, hey, you know, he supported me, I'll support him. Uh, you know, take care of those and take care of you. Yep. So I, I bought a couple of tier one squalors and, uh, you know, I really liked them. I, I, I actually drew out with Tyler and mm-hmm. yourself at Auto Hooks, you know, yep. uh, you talked about the Tyler's podcast and, uh, yep. I heard Tyler hit that squalor one time and I was like, Oh my, like that sounds really good. So <laughs> yeah. the next, the next day I went and bought one. There you go. Um, and you know, actually at the world, I got there to finals in Dyersburg. I, my careless self, I had, um, uh, lost mine. The one that I had, I, I just lost it in that last round or the round before the, heads up and mm-hmm. we're going out and Tyler you know he's he's laughing carrying on he's he just got a free buy so I was kind of jabbing him a little bit yeah and uh, I, was, I was like hey 
you ever know anybody that uh, makes spoon bars? I said, I have a lose mine, and I kind of need one going out here to this final cast. And, you know, just being a stand-up good guy that he is, he just reached right over his neck and pulled off his entire competition pack. Yeah. He said, here, take it. You know, yeah. and I'm like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need the whole pack. I said, I just need the scar. Yeah. So I, I just took the scar off his lanyard, and uh, actually, I'm still scarred I'm using today. He never never asked for it back. He, he you know, he just he gave me that scar, so. Yep. Good guy, good to do business with, and he makes a good product. Definitely. And actually, I just posted today, probably a couple hours ago, that uh, Tier 1 is actually sponsoring a giveaway with Tree Talking Media here. So if you're listening to this podcast, head over to the Tree Talking Media Facebook page. Uh, you have to like both the Tree Talking Media Facebook page and the Tier 1 Custom Calls Facebook page. You like the post, tag three friends, and it enters you to win a Tier 1 Custom Call. Phoenix. Awesome. Good, good for them. Way to go, Tyler. Way to go, Lane. Somebody on October 31st will be getting a squalor. Hey, while we're doing this, I know this is impromptu. Let's go ahead and throw Midwest Laser Works on there. I'll donate a collar to the call. Awesome. That is impromptu, but that's awesome. I'll donate a collar. You don't even you don't have to throw me in on the ad. I'll just donate it just because <laughs> I like the guys we're working with. Awesome. Now, that sounds like even better, and thank you very much. Yeah, buddy. No problem. Midwest Laser Works trying to help. We'll get into Midwest Laser Works here in a few minutes. So let's get back to the that last cast and, and the world hunt. And if you could do it all over again, would you do it the same way? Yes, I honestly would. You know, I I think that, you know, I, I, I say that and then I go back and forth, yes and no. <laughs> um, I like the way that, I like, I like how they did it. It gave everybody a fair chance. Mm-hmm. Um, playing the devil's advocate by saying no. Uh, if I would have sat there and, and raised my hand, then, you know, which, which a couple of us did. I said, hey, why don't we go off the high scores, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for the early round uh, or even the previous night. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm locked in that way. I get a buy that way. Um, you know, I, I, I tied for high scoring dog on Thursday night. Okay. Uh, and then uh, my squad was third, third highest out of the five um, in the early round on Friday. So if they would have went off the high scores, then yeah, I'm locked in. But, you know, the argument, which is a valid argument uh, on the UKC staff side, was that people were not competing for a high score mm-hmm. in that mindset. And, and if you know that you're competing for a high score, it changes the entire way that you compete that path. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think Jeremiah even made a statement that Sleepy, and he was treated at the end of the cast, and he never treated him because he didn't have to. Yep. He had a cast win. Um, and he had a coach mm-hmm. at the end that he, that he didn't need. So that was the argument um, that they presented it. That's a, that's a fair argument. Uh, but I, I'm not one that goes back and changes, you know, if I can change this, would I do it? Uh, you know, I think things happen for a reason. Um, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be for us. Uh, you know, it made, it turned out how it should have. Um, in my opinion, you know, the, the man upstairs, he's got a plan. He knew what was going to happen before we turned loose at the RQE, you know. Yeah. This has all been pre-planned uh, by him. And mm-hmm. if, if that's what he wanted to happen, then that's what happened, and I'm here for it. You know, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm happy for those four guys. Um, can't, can't say anything else about it. I just didn't know. You talk to people, and sometimes people regret things, and I didn't know what your take was. And of the final five, you're the one that kind of got the short end of the stick with having to draw, and you lost your cast, so therefore you didn't yeah. get, you didn't move on. So. Yep, yep. I was ultimately the only one that it affected. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I've talked to a lot of people after this, and there's a lot of stories going around about how I got, quote-unquote, booted out of the finals, you know. <laughs> and 
man, it's crazy, like, to hear some of the rumors of, of how they did it. Um, <laughs> I, I sit back and laugh. Uh, you know, I, I'm just like, you know, I was there. I, I, yeah. I was there firsthand. I, I know how they did it. And this is so far from the truth. Yeah. Uh, you know, Alan, Alan and Trevor, they did a good job. They recorded the whole thing on the phone in case there was any discrepancies or questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it right, honestly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, do I wish I was there? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, am I, I going to try with Silt Bill? Not a chance. One of the other reasons I wanted to have you on was uh, I find it very interesting people that handle dogs that are, are not theirs. And you got Jed, I believe, at Autumn Oaks, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's correct, yep. Because I, I think the night that we hunted together, you said this is the first night I've ever turned this dog loose. Uh, it would have been the second night. Okay. I mean, the night before. Okay, second yeah. night. Still, yep. so, so I hunted with you on Friday night of Autumn Oaks, and second night you hunted him, and then you turned around and you yep. compete in the world hunt. The 23rd, 24th. It's not like you had that dog for a long time. And how many casts did you put him, th- put him in? Uh, I think we were six for six at the time. Uh, and then the, that last cast we lost. So we went six for seven in the total total cast. We had seven casts, one six of them. Okay. That's a pretty impressive run. And especially with a dog that you don't really know before all that. Yeah. I, uh, I've been on a few losing streaks like that. <laughs> There we go. I'm not sure what happened. I've got full service. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what happened. I don't know. Oh, well. So you were saying that you've had a few losing streaks like that, but not a winning streak like that. Yeah, I, I went on a couple cold streaks. Uh, I think one time I counted them up, I lost 12 in a row. I was about done competition. Now I was so frustrated. <laughs> I imagine uh, so. But, but, you know, I've never been on a hot streak like that, and and I told my girlfriend, or she asked me how I felt, and I'm like, I don't know how to feel right now. I said, I don't know if we're making a good team or if this is pure luck. I said, I- I'm just going to ride this train as long as it'll ride. Yeah. You know? Uh, and we went on We went on to win six in a row. So that is by far the the best uh, streak I've been on. Um, and what a time for it to come. Yeah. Going into the, the World Hunt and Autumn Oaks. You know, those are two major events for UKAC. Yep. Um, so, man, I was just super blessed and fortunate to be able to be there. And I'd, uh, you know, I can't say enough about it. The, mm-hmm. My buddy, Stephen Hashem, actually, he's responsible for all this happening. Okay. Um, he he called me up, and, you know, me and him, we're really tight. We're super good buddies. And he said, hey, uh, do you have anything to hunt at Oak? And I said, no. I said, actually, I don't this year. And he said, well, he said, I've got a dog for you. I said, all right. He said, you're going to hunt Jed. <laughs> and, uh. I said, okay. And I'd never hunted with Jed, uh, but I know Steven had, had had him for a couple months and he was hunting him and he was also hunting his buddy dog. And, uh, you know, obviously Steven didn't hunt both of them at Oaks. So he said, you hunt Jed, I'll hunt Buddy. I said, okay. Um, so that, that's how that worked. I got just met up with Steven at, uh, at Oaks and got Jed and, and, you know, the rest is history. There you go. Now, are you still hunting Jed? I am not. At Autumn Oak, I was hunting Jed for Adam Campbell. Uh, he was the owner on file. Okay. Right after Autumn Oak, Chris Hatfield and Brian McDaniel purchased Jed. So I hunted the zone and the world hunt with uh, four, Brian and Chris. Mm-hmm. And actually, right before I went out Friday night, Bronx McDaniel. Uh, there's no relation to Brian. Uh, Bronx McDaniel bought the dog. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the short time that I had him, he has three different owners. Wow. 
Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Josh Sizemore, uh, you know, he's a, he hunts a lot. He's a, he's a handler for Bronx. Uh, his punch dog, uh, you know, unfortunately he lost, he lost his life, uh, to, uh, got hit on the road at automotive. Um, you know, and that Bronx and, or sorry, Josh and Punch had, had done a lot of winning together. Yeah. Uh, so they were kind of looking for, looking for something else to put Josh behind and, uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, they ended up pulling the trigger on Jed, and they got him purchased. So I believe uh, that's who Josh has been pushing for a while now is old Jed. So okay. actually, I you know I got back from the the final cast, the heads up cast there with uh, with Kurt and Brian was sitting there waiting on me, and you know we talked, shook hands, took pictures, and him and Jed went one way, and I went the other, and that's, that's actually the last time I've I've seen Jed. So okay. hopefully Josh and him have a good run together. Good deal. How did you get into handling dogs for other people? Because I find that very interesting. The style of dog that it takes to win a competition would get me in trouble where I live. So but I don't have that caliber of dog. I don't competition hunt. So to me, it's very it's a very different world. And so how does one get into uh, that? <laughs> Especially you. I I, I couldn't tell you. Um, like <laughs> I said, it's all it's all it's all Stephen Bass's fault. Uh, you know, and I joke about that. It, it, this all ha- it's all happened to me. Uh, this is actually the first time that I've really actually handled for somebody uh, okay. like this at, at a major event. Uh, you know, I've had a couple guys um, that, uh, you know, let me let me borrow their dog once or twice to take to a hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it was me. It was me asking, okay. like, hey, I don't have anything. Would you mind? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, no, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so the, the only other time that I've actually, I guess you could say, handled for somebody was, I want to say, three years ago uh, at the PKC World Hunt. Um, I handled a dog named the Cat 2 for Mike Ray. He was a crossbred English walker dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually made it to the quarterfinals at the PKC World. Nice. Um, and once again, that was a dog that I had never hunted until I took it to the World Hunt. Um, <laughs> I, I seem I to have pretty good luck doing that. Yeah. I don't know how. Um, it seems like I can't buy a win with my own dog. Um, you know, so, so I did hunt for Mike there. Uh, he was an older gentleman. His health wasn't great. Um, but he had a really nice dog Mm -hmm. and I happened to, I actually worked with a guy who was good friends with Mike and the guy at work, he kind of hooked us up together. Um, so, you know, it's kind of just, you know, through your connections and through your network, um, Mm -hmm. of who you know, and being in the right place at the right time. Um, so yeah, it was good. Um, like I said, I, I don't, I don't know. I've never, I'm not, I'm not a paid handler. I don't get, you know, I don't have a, a steady line of dogs waiting to be pushed at a hunt or anything like that. Okay. Um, I just happen to catch a good streak at the UKC world. Nice. See, I, for some reason I thought that you did that at least a little more often. No, um, I do competition hunt quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's nothing, it's nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have guys giving me a gas card and paying my hotel fees and paying all my entry fees to anywhere I want to go. Um, no, I, I don't have that. Um, but I, I guess I can bash him. You know, if he has a few other dogs that he can't handle all at once, if we're going to go to a hunt together, mm-hmm. then yeah, uh, I'll handle one of his dogs. Okay. Yeah, the, the only other dog that I've actually recently had was I kind of partnered with a guy, our old rebel dog, Rocky Peace out of Pennsylvania. He had he had rebel. Okay. So, but you know, I can't say that I was a paid handler. 
Um, maybe one day I'll get there. I think that sounds like a fun life to live. Yeah. Uh, but right wow. now I'm going to keep cranking out, keep cranking out the nine to five and hunting when it gets dark. Well, I just have to say after that run, maybe, maybe some guys will be looking at you as a, as a handler. Cause that's an impressive run. And, and yeah, a lot of it has to do with the dog and you've got to have a good dog, but it's just as easy to lose a cast for a dog, for a good dog as it is to win one for a handler. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's true. And, and I thought that I, honestly, uh, there that first night in Dyersburg on Thursday, I thought that I threw the cast away for Jib. Um, you know, we're, we're sitting there leading 375 plus and, and he ran a little track and, and he located and come treed and I guess there wasn't a huge reason to train. My thought process whenever I treated him was the female who was in second place, she was, probably six-tenths of a mile to our right, and Jed was working left-handed. And she kept opening up like she was going to tree. And she kept locating and locating and locating. And my thought process was, if she comes treed, we've got to go to her. Mm-hmm. If she's got a tune, she takes the lead. And we're possibly going to get, I don't know what Jed's going to do. I don't know if he's going to go the opposite direction, which he has a good mouth. You can hear him for a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was just afraid that I was, I was going to get out of the hearing, and I wasn't going to be able to get treed in again. Okay. Um, and and actually, another dog. He on the last tree that Jed made during that cast, another dog had come and, and he had backed him on it. And that dog was working kind of close. And I was like, man, I don't want that dog to you know take the hundred and a quarter tree, and then I take seventy five tree, uh, and just you know throw points away for the track that my dog's working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I treat Jed, and I let him actually I let him tree for like three minutes, and then I treat him. Um, I guess I wasn't under pressure, but it's, I swear, Ben, as soon as I said, tree Jed, that's the last bark he made. <laughs> I was, and I, I, you know, I just met the owner of Jed that day. Yeah. Uh, he's walking in the woods with me. Oof. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I was like, I mean, my, my stomach was in the bottom of my boots. Yeah. I'm sitting there watching him on the garment peel out. Oh. And, you know, they put the two on me. Um, and I, just, I, I told him, I said, you know, just, just minus me. He's not there. Uh, so we took a hundred and a quarter pump at that point, and I, I really did. I was like, well, that's it. You know, I just threw the cast away right in front of the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here was my opportunity at the World Hunt, and I just gave it away. Um, you know, but I talked to him about it, you know, my thought process on that. And, and I, I threw out a few points to him, and he and I were talking. We were just kind of sitting there in the woods. There wasn't nothing going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about that. He's like, you know, now that you say that, he said, that actually was a pretty good move. Um, so that made me feel a little bit better about it. And I don't know if he was saying that just to make me feel bad. He could tell that I was a little upset or what. But, uh, yeah. you know, Jed ended up covering his own track. He went in there. He sunk in a mile. And I think I got him treated in at like 1.12 at the end of the hunt. And he had a tune for the win. So he, Jed saved me and I saved him a couple, you know, I, yeah. I, I shouldn't have saved him. He saved me. And I just complimented him the rest of the time. Yeah. So. Well, like I said, I, I'm not a competition hunter, but I am involved with a local club. And so I, I guide cast and I've seen some, some decent dogs that their owners royally <laughs> mess up. And it's like, that dog would have had this cast won. You wouldn't have done right. that. And, yep. it, and, it, and it's the same. There's a handful of people that have, I've seen do it and it's, it always seems to be the same people, and I'm like, if you you need to pay a handler because you lose these casts for your dog all the time. Yeah, and uh, 
you know, and I, I've done it. I, I'm not going to say I have it. I'd be lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I do get nervous at these hunts, especially the big ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think, I think it's an exciting nervous. It's not like a, oh, man, I'm going to screw something up nervous, you know. Mm-hmm. Once, and I, I tell my girlfriend and everybody, once all four dogs are struck in, the nerves completely go away from me. Okay. It, for, for me, I am. I mean, I'm shaking like a leaf until I hear all four dogs bark, and I and I'm like, okay, that's what this dog sounds like. That's what this dog sounds like. I'm good after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, when I first got into the competition hunting, uh, my buddy Shane Smith, he told me he actually gave me my first what I would call competition dog, uh, old shine. I, I drew out him with just an old plug, and <laughs> he could see that I had the desire to hunt, but I, I wasn't packing around much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he said, hey, man, he said, I got this old dog in my kennel. He said, she can win. But she ain't been hunted a while. You got to put the time to get her hunted back up. I said, okay. You know, I was all amped up about it. So yeah. he gave me old shine. And he told me, he said, well, whenever I put her in my, in my dog box, I shut the tailgate. He said, all you got to do is strike her when she barks and screw her when she treats. He said, trust her to do the rest. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. You know, and I, I, I still think about that. At, at every gun home that I handle, strike them when they bark and screw them when they treat. What they do other than that is out of your hands. They're a dog. Yep. You know? Um, so there, there is slick handling that I've seen over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple guys will, you know, they'll pitch their dog or something, and you're like, ah, ah, got me there. You know, yep. they'll, they'll pull they'll pull a rule mm-hmm. um, from the bottom of the rule book. <laughs> and you're like, man, I didn't know about that loophole. You know, yep. uh, but those are, those are what I like to call lessons, $30 lessons. Yep. And if you can just take those lessons and build on them, remember them Definitely. and use them to your advantage the next time, mm-hmm. you know, you constantly, constantly get better. And most of all, just have fun. I mean, I think if you're out there, if you think you're going to make a living, you're probably wrong doing it. I mean, you know, yes, there, there <laughs> are some exceptions. There are a handful of guys who make a darn good living handling dogs. Yep. But the majority of guys, this is a hobby. This is this is fun. Yep. You know, the moment you quit having fun, just hang your boots up. Definitely. Um, you know, I don't. Every cast I go on, even if I'm the judge, you know, I tell them I'll judge this cast as fairly as I can to the best of my ability. But overall, we're gonna have fun. Mm-hmm. I I don't like a cast with a bunch of drama. Uh, you know, and I, I sure don't want to be the cause of that drama. Yep. So. You know, I just try to, I try to play it cool, um, strike my dog in the bark tree when they tree and, and just have fun. At yeah. the end of the night, we're all going home and hopefully, you know, all the handlers and dogs stay safe. And after that, you can't ask for much more, you know. But thank the man upstairs, you get on a hot streak and have some good luck. And hopefully the law doesn't get called on you like it autumn oaks. Oh, buddy, <laughs> what a, we, we're also going to thank, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say that on the air, but. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to throw him under the bus? Yeah. No, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, <laughs> we can at least Man, explain the situation. You got a pin okay. dropped, if I am if I understand it right. Yeah, so, Autumn Oaks, they were having trouble uh, getting guides. And one of my buddies, he said, hey, I'll drop you a pin, go guide to this spot. He said, I've guided it there every year for like the last eight years. I said, okay. You know, he said, he said I'm going to warn you. He said, it's pretty thick. You can treat kids. He wasn't lying about that. Okay. That's for sure. But okay. So, you know, we get there and, and, you know, you're, you're with Tyler and we get out and I tell everybody, I'm like, Hey, I've never been here. 
I don't know what we're getting into. <laughs> I said, so whatever happens, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, kind of joking around. And I think the dogs got treed right there to the right-hand side of us and right off in the woods. And we took about three steps in, and I think every one of us looked at each other and was like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. what are we getting into? And it was on your hands and knees thick. Um, you know, but, you know, we scored on two coons right out of the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my dog, my dog got treated again, and we all walked in there deeper to, deeper to him into Jed. And at that point, Tyler, his dog was across the road, and he was, uh, he just went ahead and withdrew. He couldn't hear his dog. There was no chance you know, really that he could win. And you had rode with Tyler, so you and yep. Tyler kind of peeled out. Um, so the rest of the cast, you know, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet, that we're hunting the cast, and Jed gets treed point nine, I believe it was, across Brookville Lake. Jeez. And the, the only way to get to him is to go down this valley and go around the lake. And he's, he's directly across it. I didn't realize he was across the lake. Yeah, he was across the lake. So we had to go down to the lake, and the left, swoop around the lake, get back in line with ourselves, and go up. Well, there's a campground right on the other side of the lake. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at it on my dog trail. I'm like, man, I, I said, I'm pretty sure that's a campground. And I can see he's treed right on the edge of it. And if I can hear him at point nine, I'm like, oh gosh, like these campers, like I hope, I hope it's empty, you know, hope there's nobody there. Oh yeah, Labor Day weekend, so, nobody there at a campground. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting here thinking this in my head. <laughs> I know it's not possible, but I'm like, here we go. So, like you said, it's super thick. One, so one of the guys that was on the cast, he was a backup handler. He takes back off to the truck. He says, I'm gonna go to the truck. Get it. He said, I'll drive around and meet you guys at the campground and give you a ride back. Like, sweet. Appreciate you. So, we, you know, we split off and go our separate ways. When I tell you that was the worst point nine walk of my entire life, I am not kidding. Well, because it wasn't point it, nine. <laughs> you had to walk around. So it was oh, even further. my gosh. It was miserable. It was weeds over your head, thorns as thick as you could possibly imagine. Having to cross a creek that fed into the lake, uh, I mean, just up and down. It, it was it was not fun. It was not enjoyable. So we get around to the other side of the lake, and we're coming up to the tree. And I can see two lights there. And I didn't know if the backup handler had some else with him. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't care at that point. I just wanted to get to Jed. I wanted to get him scored and go back to the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And we, we walk up there, and I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm 20 yards from the tree, and I still can't see Jed, and I can't see the lights in there. That's how thick it was in there. Mm-hmm. And I pop out of the thicket to Jed, and there's the backup handler that drove around to get us, and there also stood the state conservation officer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. Uh, so ended up. We had got over on the state park. We had got off of the recreational land and got over onto the state park. And, you know, which is the campground where Jed got treed. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was. He was about 15 yards behind the camper and just racking them off. So, you know, the law ended up getting called. You know, there's this dog treed. They're trying to sleep in peace. It's late at night. 
Yeah. And, and it went well for what it was, you know. Um, the conservation officers are very respectful towards us, and we showed our respect towards them, um, as all hunters should. You know, he was even nice enough to let me sign the tree. And there, there was the coon sitting right there, so I got my tree plucked up. There you go. Uh, you know, we had our we had our conversations, and he did his job, and you know, we walked out of there, no harm, no foul. Um, but you know, it, it turns out, I guess when the the back of town, they walked back to the truck. He said <laughs> he said he was walking down the woods, in between the woods and the cornfield, and he said two of them popped out of the corn wearing their night vision goggles, and <laughs> whenever they announced who they were, he said the road lit up cherries and berries, and they had four. Four trucks surrounding all of our trucks, and he said, "Man, you would have thought we were in there just, you know, playing the conspiracy or something." He said, "There were so many of you, I didn't know which way to look." So it, it was funny. It, it, it's not something you want to hear. You don't want to have happen, but it went the best that it could yeah. uh, for what it was. You know, we got our cast win. We got back to the clubhouse, and <laughs> it wasn't enough to get into the top sixteen, but it was a cast win nonetheless. So it was yep. still fun. Well, I think that's about your your run with Jed, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, if, if you want to touch on anything else during zones or anything, I don't know if you had any any big highlights there. No, um, you know, we just Jed did what he was supposed to do. He went in and he treated coons, and we walked out with double cast wins uh, in Palm Island, Missouri. Mm-hmm. We scored 300 plus the first night, uh, which I did not feel confident was enough to get me in. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. You don't need a chance to win the second night. I'm like, I, my gut says it's not. I said, we're in Missouri, and there's coons in Missouri. Um, so I went out the second night, and, and I, I played a little aggressive. Um, played fair, but aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and walked out of there, I think, with 350-plus. So okay. we ended up getting our double-cast win, yep. which I'm glad we did because it took 375 single score to get in. Yeah. So – that would not have, uh, my, my first night win would not have got me through. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, buddy, that's, that's really, it's a, a, a short and sweet with Jed. You know, I got him at Automotes and we did well there. Two cast wins, uh, took him to Missouri, two cat, two more cast wins at the zone. Uh, that gave us four. And then we won Thursday night at the world in Dyersburg and early around Friday. And then it came to a screeching halt, uh, at the late round Friday night. So, yeah, I just, you know, the fact that I actually got to hunt with you and Jed at Autumn Oaks and then just knowing that it was such a, a short run and a hot streak. And then, plus, like I said, then you were the odd man out at the world. So all things I kind of wanted to talk about, because after the world hunt, I was talking to some other guys and one guy really didn't know much, but he was like, yeah, I heard some, uh, r- something about, you know, some guy got screwed over or something. And, and I, I knew somewhat of what happened, so I'm like, no, nah, that's not quite what happened. But like you said, the rumor, the rumors were swirling around. You know, it, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it, so I think it was the next weekend um, was the PKC zone. Mm-hmm. And actually, I did get a call from a guy. Uh, Michael Mitchell called me up wanting me to. Uh, he said, hey, man, I just had, a, had a, a run-in with my other handler. He said something's happened and he can't handle the dog. Uh, so I reached out to Stephen, flashed him, see if he could handle him, and he said he couldn't, but he gave me your number. He's like, can you handle this dog last minute? I'm like, uh, I don't know. So I think I got some stuff going on. So I called I called my girlfriend, Nikki. I'm like, hey, here's the situation. Um, you know, and luckily for me, she loves coon hunting just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And she goes, hey, 
go for it. If you have an opportunity to handle, handle. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I picked Ben up and took him hunting the next night. And by God, we pulled off a win there. Nice. So that was, uh, you know, another, just another deal. I never heard the dog hadn't hunted with him. And, and we ended up winning that early round. We didn't win late. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a good deal. So where I was going with that was we're, we meet up with our guide uh, at a gas station to go to our woods. And I hear two guys who are in my cast, and I, I don't know these gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear them talking about the UKC world. And I, I'm just sitting back listening. And they're sitting on the back of the tailgate. And, man, the story they were telling about how the fifth guy got screwed out of the, the fourth <laughs> spot. Dude, I'm sitting there laughing. And they're like, man, what's, they're like, what's so funny? And I was like, I am that fifth guy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, so they're giving me their whole rendition on how this went down. And by golly, I mean, it, it couldn't have been further from the truth than what happened. And I'm, I'm just sitting here, I'm laughing. I'm like, man, it's like that game of telephone, you know? Somebody yeah. says one thing, and then the next person says something a little bit different, and then a little bit different. And by the end of it, I mean, we were literally drawing short straws, and people were not throwing a fit, and then they redid it because people didn't get it how they wanted it to be. And <laughs> Oh, man, it was just – and I, I just had to laugh. I'm like, you know, no, here's how it went. Yeah. So it was fun. But yeah, man, that's it. Just, we had a, had a little hot streak, and yep. man, I'd love I'd love to do it again. Definitely. Um, you know, I'm I'm getting ready to move right now and getting ready to start job a uh, new job here at the end of the month. So right this second, I'm not hurting too hard. I'm you yep. know trying to trying to work my nine to five job. Still trying to come home and run uh, run Midwest Laser Works and get custom orders out. Plus trying to pack and move. Yep. Um, but I think come the end of October, first November, I'll be hitting it hard again, and Good hopefully I'll. Hopefully, I'll find something yeah. uh, to run. You know, I, I, I love the competition side of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do. I like pleasure hunting. That, that's fine and dandy. But I, I love competing. I love going to the clubhouse and talking to the guys and, you know, just, just hanging out and enjoying the camaraderie and then the competitive side of me. Mm-hmm. Also, I can there and win. Oh, yeah. But, I understand. But Yes, sir. Let's talk about a little bit about Midwest Laser Works. When did that get started? That got started, um, I'm going to shoot from the hip here and say eight months ago. Okay. Um, so my, my day job, uh, I'm a machinist mm-hmm. for Nick's, Nick's companies. Uh, we work in heavy industrial machining. Um, I do a lot of manual machining as well as CNC. Um, and I, I was just, my CNC machine was running one day. I had a long cut. Uh, I think it was like an eight hour cut. So while that machine's running, I didn't have much going on. And I was just going through Facebook, and I saw a video of a guy with this laser machine, mm-hmm. and he engraved a gun, like a, like the Punisher skull, you know, on a gun. Okay. Super quick. And I was like, whoa, like, I, like what is this? And it looked like he did it at his house. Mm-hmm. And so I started just doing some research. And right then and there, I mean, I was hooked. Um, you know, it, it kind of falls in line with what I do for a profession anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw a market for people wanting stuff customized. Um, so I kind of talked it over with my girlfriend and I was like, Hey, you know, I think I want to think I want to try this. I want to, obviously I want to start small. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think it'd be something that we can make a little side cash at. And buddy, let me say these last eight months have been a whirlwind. I have been super blessed and overwhelmed. Um, you know, especially by the, the hound community, 
I can't tell you how many license plates and tumblers and collars I've made for uh, people. Yep. Um, you know, and, and the collars, honestly, that was the, the number one thing that I wanted to make when I was like, okay, I have this problem with all of my traditional collars, the brass nameplates. Mm-hmm. They either, number one, get so dirty and bent up, you can't read them. Or number two, the rivets pop out of them. Yeah. And you're hanging on by one rivet or you lose the nameplate completely. Yep. And I've had this happen on a handful of collars. And I was so frustrated. I was like, there's got to be a better way. I don't want to run a traditional dog tag. Mm-hmm. You know, those get snagged on stuff. Yep. You know, I, I didn't know what to do. So the first thing I did when I got my laser was I tried to engrave a collar and it worked. And go. I'm pretty sure I screamed, you know, loud enough for everybody <laughs> in the county to hear me. I was like, yes, this idea I have works. So that, that's probably my number one seller right now is the uh, laser engraved dog collars, which what I do is I engrave through the reflective stripe mm-hmm. uh, on the collars. And it actually removes that material. So what you see behind it is the color of the collar material. Um, so if you, you know, you order an orange collar, you're going to see orange lettering. Okay. Um, and that, that can never come off. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing to rub off. It's not like it's just, you know, burned on there. And it's going to smear off. Um, it just, it's permanent. You know, it's, the material is removed. Yeah. Um, I've got collars all over Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Kentucky. I've got guys in Virginia and West Virginia running them on bear hounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had one come back. People, people love them. I've actually, I got to ship two in New York. Uh, I had a guy in New York ordered them. Um, so they're starting to make their way around. Yeah. Um, they're, like I said, if, if there's an issue with them, I haven't heard of it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I personally run them on all my dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's why, the, and I like that the most because I feel rewarded, um, knowing that I could possibly help somebody else out. You know, yep. I, the guy in New York, he actually messaged me and, you know, he said, Hey man, I, I wanted to say thank you uh, for making a, making a great product. He said, my dog has cut out three times and he said, you know, due to the collar you made, he's been returned. He said the people even mentioned whenever they picked him up, like how easy they could read it. Yeah. And that that's made me awesome. feel good. You know, that, that was a feel good moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's going good. Um, whenever I get moved up here, uh, to my girlfriend's house here at the end of the month, I'm actually planning on, uh, expanding and doing a little bit more and buying a better laser. Cool. Um, I, the orders are just coming in quicker than I can, quicker than I can keep up with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it's, it's going good right now. Um, I can't, I can't say enough about it. Uh, you can, you can find out more at, uh, midwestblazeworks.com or you can follow me on Facebook, a uh, little shameless plug there. Um, <laughs> you know, and you know, it's, it's been funny. I heard, I was listening to the conversation that you and Tyler had the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, you know, he says that he said that I made you a sign, which I would love to do. And Tyler's like, you know, I'm, I'm waiting on my sign. And he, he texted me the other day. He said, Hey man, uh, he said, you got my sign done yet? And I said, no. And he said, why not? He said, I know you're not that busy. I said, no, I said, I can squeeze you in. I said, I'm just waiting on you to win the PKC world so I don't have to redo it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yep. I, so I, I, I told him I'd make him a sign for Jenna. You know, he told me what he wanted on it. And I said, well, I'm not going to make it yet. I said, I, I, you got one more accomplishment to, put, to, to win before I make this sign. So I don't have to redo it twice. Yep. So, well, you that's... know, the PKC world is going on right now. And good luck to him and Jenna. Yep. It's, kinda, it's, it's fun to poke at him a little bit. I was talking to him earlier today, and I'm, he was telling me he's got tonight to get her in, but he's got uh, yeah, he's yeah. got his little English dog in. Well, somebody else got his little English dog in, so he's at least going to hunt in the world. Yeah, right? oh, he, yeah. Tonight, tonight's his last night to get Jenny in. It's Thursday, and uh, you know I texted him earlier. 
told him good luck and I was rooting for him. And, uh, yep. you know, hopefully he does and we can, we can get that fine made for him. That'd be pretty awesome if he, if he's able to do it. So. Yes, sir. Well, Bryce, I appreciate it. And I'll think this is about it for tonight. Yeah, buddy. I appreciate you having me on here. You know, I, I enjoy talking, uh, you know, to fellow, fellow hunters and people who are trying to do good things for the, for the sport of hounds in general. I know you do a lot of stuff other than just the coon hounds and, you know, just trying to paint what we do in a positive light for the houndsmen and hopefully we can keep it going for years to come, the next generation. Yep, that's the goal. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>